it was always part of the plan to put a brewery in, but for many years it, it was just a plan. It's 100% acquisition of Green Beacon. No, we had a chat with everybody. Anyone would have seen this coming a mile away. It's the passion and the, the dedication to beer and brewing. Oh, yeah. That's super simple and direct question. It's always fun to get to speak about beer. And that's what we're here to do, talk about beer, with a little help from our mates at Cryer Mold. This week I'm back, and I am Australian Brews News Senior Journalist Claire Burnett. Uh, not your normal host, as you might expect, um, but I did a beer as a conversation the other week, you might have heard, uh, with leaders of the IBA, the Brewers Guild of New Zealand, and Pink Boots uh, on sexism in the industry. And unluckily for Matt, I got a bit of a taste for it, um, so I'm quite keen on doing a couple more um, podcasts for beer as a conversation. And this week, I'm really excited, actually, to have Jane Lewis and Danielle Allen founders of Two Birds Brewing, uh, which is just celebrating its 10-year anniversary this year. They brewed uh, anniversary beer, New Heights. Um, perhaps a little nod to a major deal earlier this year in which it joined the Fermentant Group, um, as you may know, owners of Stone and Wood. Uh, so welcome to Beer is a Conversation, guys. Frequent it, don't you? <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for having us. <laughs> no worries. So congratulations to getting uh, to 10 years. How are you feeling? Yeah, it's taken a while to sink in, but I think for me, oh, over the last few weeks since we started selling the beer and the 10-year beer has come out, it's really kind of um, brought it home that we made it to 10 years. So, it's yeah, it's pretty exciting. Yeah. Does it even feel like that long? Oh, it yes, feels it does. Like, <laughs> oh, it does. <laughs> it feels like both the shortest period of time and the longest period of time all at once. So, uh, oh, God, that's yeah. crazy. So yeah. take, take me in the way back machine then. What, what was the industry like? What did you think when you were starting out as – Australia's first female-owned brewery, like that must have been a major deal. Um, it is a big deal now. It must have been even bigger then. Yeah, look, it was, I mean, it was such a different uh, a different landscape, you know, maybe 250-odd breweries at the time. And I remember having a conversation with Danny where I was like, oh, my God, is this whole, the craft beer, is it done? Has it already just passed us by and are we going to get in and, and just find out that there's no room for growth in there, which was... Uh, That's so funny. funny. I remember that. <laughs> Honestly, bloody hilarious looking back at it I now know. thinking, oh, no, no, that's fine. We've got uh, <laughs> plenty of bloody room for growth. So, um, yeah, that, that was kind of where we were at and um, obviously stacks of room for people to kind of come in and, and it's still continuing from strength to strength today. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, but, yeah, it does look a little bit different. <laughs> Just a touch. And what about the consumers? What How, the, how have consumers changed? In every way, I suppose, from just the um, – opening themselves up to craft firstly that's we've seen a, a big shift in that happening there was a you know people that were on the craft train but I don't think um it was anything back then what it is today in terms of I think that's just a result of the number of breweries that come in have come into our local communities and kind of introduced it um you know through all um realms of people and age groups so uh, the consumers are, are, are quite um, good at, I guess, servicing the need for new. So the number of beers that come out and the new things that come out, I think, have, uh, have been kind of gone hand in hand with, with people coming into the into craft and starting their journey in craft, I suppose. And it is really interesting because I think, you know, craft beer still has this perception of, you know, the bearded white blokes 
potentially middle-aged and stuff like that. But from my perspective, it's completely changed. And even speaking to um, Josh Donahoe at the uh, Sunshine Coast Craft Beer Tours the other week, he was like, it's astronomical. They have Hindus going on their craft beer tours. Like, everybody from the ages of 18 onwards um, to 78 is practically um, a fan or at least open to it, which I think is a big deal as well. Yeah, definitely. I think in the early days at the beer festivals that we went to, it was typically, you know, the, the guys in their 20s and 30s um, and, you know, a lot of home brewers and things like that that would come to the beer events. But now it's, yeah, big groups of people um, from, you know, a really broad um, community of, you know, sporting people who got, come down to beer events. Like you said, there's the hens, there's the bucks do's, there's, you know, even at the nest, we host 40th, 50th, 60th birthday parties. So yeah, it's a really um, diverse group of people that are that are interested in it. Yeah. And I think that really is a testament to like the collegiate attitude that brewers have. Like they want people to come in, you know, when I hear people do development applications and stuff, they're like, my council doesn't get that we're not a nightclub, you know, that we're like a friend, family friendly community place, like anybody's welcome. And, and do you feel like that's, we've achieved that in most of the, throughout most of the industry? I do think that that's kind of, I guess, the view of breweries and, yeah, they do tend to be much more kind of community-centric because um, it's more than just a bar, right, if you're going to a tasting room or something like that. It's um, it's about the experience and, and they are pretty down-to-earth um, places that, that definitely tend to embrace the community and uh, it can be, can be hard for people outside the industry to, to really understand that. Yeah, definitely. Um, so getting back to two birds then, 10 years is obviously a big milestone and you will have been through quite a bit, I imagine, in those 10 years. So what have been the biggest challenges? What are the things you were like, oh, God, this is an absolute nightmare. How are we going to get through this? Um, and how did you get through it? I mean, COVID's the one that comes to mind. <laughs> it seems, it's so recent and painful, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> that one was a, uh, yeah, that was... Just remember feeling like it was about to be uh, taken out by a huge tsunami. But, um, yeah, that was a pretty intense period of time, um, especially being in Victoria and living through that lockdown and the impacts of all of that. Um, yeah, I mean, that was the biggest challenge and mm-hmm. was really just a matter of one step in one foot in front of the other and, and just kind of keeping keeping going forward. But, um, yeah, I think that was, that was obviously... A, not just a challenge for us, a challenge for uh, for everybody. Yeah, definitely. So talk me through what you guys did. Like, did you do anything different during COVID that you hadn't done before? Because I know lots of smaller breweries, um, they got online, but obviously Two Birds, well-established, you know, you have all that infrastructure in the background anyway. So was there anything you tweaked or fixed or and anything that you've kept on um, that you sort of took as a learning from COVID? Um, I think it actually brought... Um, particularly Jane and I, closer together and made us think more about the future, really, and what we want out of the business and what we kind of where we were at in the life cycle of the business and how we were, you know, the steps we needed to take to ensure that we had, you know, a prosperous future. Um, So from our point of view, um, it it kind of fast-tracked our thinking, I guess. So, um, yeah, there was a lot of good things, although it was horrific at the same time. Um, the things that we, you know, had to go through from on a personal level and with our team and everything, um, that was, um, you know, think there's things that you don't particularly remember fondly, but at the same time, yeah, it brought us, brought us together and I guess made us 
strategize. Strategize a bit more than we probably yeah. were doing in the past. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because it stopped, stopped the day-to-day that had been kind of just been ploughing on with and allowed us to actually take stock of things. So, yeah, we did do a lot more online sales stuff. So Danny worked really hard on the, the web shop. We sold a lot of beer through that. We did, you know, home deliveries and opened the bottle shop here. Um, yeah, just trying to get beer to as many people as we could. Yeah, I think the main thing that we did do, which we hadn't been doing at all, was the limited releases in 375 mil cans. We were doing limited releases in 500 mil glass, and it was, uh, I guess it was becoming more and more challenging to sell limited releases in glass. Um, We were just finding the consumer um, was really looking towards cans. So um, we hadn't done that, uh, but we had beer in tank that was um, our hop harvest beer that was going to be put in kegs only but we redirected it into 375 mil cans and um, that was quite a successful beer. So then we continued on. I think, what did we do, Jane, after that during, I guess, the COVID period, maybe three or four releases in the 375 mil cans? Yeah, it must have been at least four. Yeah, so that gave us a bit of a, um, we pivoted towards that and I guess we've kept, kept that going since then as well. Yeah, that's really cool. Because I know people were going absolutely crazy for limiteds throughout COVID, I think it was a little bit of a, oh, this is exciting. You know, something new is <laughs> happening in my day. I'm not just staring out the window. Yeah, everybody <laughs> needed a little bit of something to break the monotony, hey? Yeah, exactly, exactly. And what was your favourite out of them? Are you allowed a favourite? Can you have a favourite? Uh, for me, it was the PIPA, um, just because of the way it came about, where it was just myself and one of our brewers, Matt, sitting there having a chat about he had a this lemon tree that was full of fruit and I was like, we should just do a beer around it. And then within five minutes we'd written the recipe, had the idea for the label um, and I think the beer itself was just delicious. So that was my favourite. Awesome. Cool. And mine was definitely Jane's other idea, which is the uh, Finnish inspired beer, Kalasara Carnet. Did I say that right, Jane? Yep, perfect. Um, yeah, perfect. Excellent. So we did uh, a duo of beers um, under that name, uh, a dark and a light. Um, yeah, it was a lot of fun because it hit the uh, hit the news in Finland. So I enjoyed it oh, because yeah. our info box was full of inquiries and orders and people wanting the beer. <laughs> so then I had uh, you know forty eight hours of fun setting up some uh, our web shop to sell some beer to Finland and oh and we FedExed gosh. like. 50 packs of beer over to Finland. So that was really fun to see that beer go overseas and, um, yeah, then get all the all the social media come back with people drinking it over there. That was super cool. Yeah. All right, so we're going to see a Two Birds Finland happening anytime soon. Is this what's going on? <laughs> bit <laughs> yes, chilly yes, for me, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. I mean, you touched on a very interesting point there, Jane. We just talked about briefly um, off-air. Uh, you obviously get involved in developing recipes and things like that but we were also saying that you don't quite get as much time brewing as you wish you did um tell me (laughs) tell me about it (laughs) yeah yeah very much so I'm I um obviously when we started the business it was very much about yeah I'm a brewer and that's what I'm good at and um so sort of starting out with that being the the focus for things for me but um very much so these days I don't I get to do a lot of ideation and and come up with a lot of the direction but um i don't often get near the the brew house these days Mm -hmm. um which you know is always a bit sad um but obviously we've got an awesome team who who are very good at 
carrying out, turning the things in my brain into reality. <laughs> so we do a good job of working through that stuff together. And, um, yeah, my job these days is much more, yeah, much more people management and, and planning and, um, yeah, direction stuff. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I guess that's a, the sort of brings me on to my next point. Having signed the deal with Fermentum, how has your lives changed? How has T-Birds changed, if, if anything? Not a lot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Excellent, the way we like it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for me, um, uh, obviously it has changed um, in, in a sense of there's, there's parts of the business that we don't um, you know, need to get too involved in anymore. But um, from a day-to-day point of view, I guess, for me personally, my role's pretty much the same. So I've just got um, a focus across sales and marketing and ensuring that we've, you know, got the right portfolio, that the brand's looking good. Um, and, yeah, I've just gone through quite an intense process in the last couple of months, having a look at our portfolio and what we want it to look like. So, um, yeah, in terms of change in the future um and you know continuing to evolve and refresh the brand um that's my focus and yeah i'm really um excited about continuing continuing that on yeah and mine's my job's much more focused than it was so um as opposed to wearing the many many hats of a business owner i'm back to wearing a single hat pretty much um and back to just managing a a well a number of sites but um yeah, back to just managing breweries and, and doing that stuff. So back to the things that I'm that I'm good at, and uh, yeah, less focus on the other bits and pieces that were taking uh, taking my time. Um, and yeah, I'm a lot less stressed personally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say because when we were hanging out the um, Pink Boots uh, event back at International Women's Day, I think Jane, you were like, oh, I finally got a holiday. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I bet the last time, it was years since the last time you'd taken a proper holiday. Um, and I was like, go, Jane, what are you doing here? <laughs> Get out. <laughs> yeah, it uh, doesn't, didn't, didn't happen a lot. And uh, if you were away, you were still kind of half an eye on, on everything. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's definitely nice to be able to – I had a month off and uh, it was just absolute luxury. Oh, I bet. And I bet there's some brewers out there thinking, oh, that's a good idea. I wonder if you bet them all by me. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love a holiday. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, Danielle, you mentioned um, about keeping the, uh, just the brand and everything, keeping it refreshed. How are you finding that um, under Fermentum? Do they give you a lot of freedom to do whatever you fancy? And has it been difficult to stay on top of your game as not not even an old hat in the industry, like as, as the brewery, I mean. Um, an but old bird. Just, an old bird. No, I would never, I'd never say that. Never say that. Um, just as a business that's been around for, for a decade now, how often would you advise a refresh? Is it difficult when there's so many other competitors in the market to stand out? Yeah, I think that's probably been the biggest challenge over the last you know decade has been remaining relevant and when to let go of things, when to introduce new things um, and just changing for change's sake, I suppose. So the the answer to all of those things, I guess there is no answer. So um, I guess you just have to be back yourself in your decision and what you're doing and then support it and make sure that you give it the best you possibly can to, you know, to, to whether it's launching a new product or deleting a product, um, and nothing's easy. And, you know, when we deleted our first beer, the gold now, mm. we deleted that, oh, was that three years ago now? I think it was, that was 2018, you know, 
That's right, isn't it? Yeah. 2018? Yeah. So is that three years ago? I don't, I don't know. I don't You're know right. anymore. Oh my God, what year is it? <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, that was a pretty big decision, but um, it was a decision, you know, I think it was the right one and, you know, we've introduced a pale ale. Um, so, yeah, we've had to, I guess, make lots of changes over the years and you sort of, you know, it's easy to look back in hindsight and say, oh, why didn't we do that six months earlier or, or what have you? But, um yeah, I think sitting down and having a having a look at your portfolio and where the brand is at most definitely needs to be done. Um, you know, every six months, I would say, mm-hmm. and having that that sort of longer term plan, that two, three, four, five year plan, is just so important. And um, having a you know a plan for your NPD and when new products are going to come in, mainly because it gives you sort of a new reason to go to, you know, the national accounts or the wholesalers and put yourself in front of them every sort of six months and remind them of your brand and what you're doing um, and what you're doing to, I guess, ultimately help um, our customers, our retailers, our wholesalers sell more beer. That's what it's all about at the end of the day, selling more beer. Yeah, absolutely. But it must be really hard to plan, not that you would do it that often, but to plan whether you're going to change your lineup or whatever, like how do you, you can't predict trends in the next five years and it moves so fast. Like how do you work around that? It's hard. It's really hard, <laughs> it's isn't really it, Jane? <laughs> yeah, totally. It's, it, yeah, yeah, it's, it is really hard. And I guess, um, you know, we did a lot of things and we always say we were like way ahead of our time so many times. Like um, we did a session IPA um, probably five years ago and nobody got it. But, you know, session IPAs are, are around these days everywhere everywhere, yep, yep. and everyone understand it, understands it. We did a, um, a hybrid beer and wine uh, called Chardonnay that um, Jane did with a uh, winemaker that she used to work with back in the day. So we did that maybe six years ago. Um, this beautiful 750ml bottle um, again. We sold, we sold it. It did great. But I just don't think people really understood it at the time. So... Um, yeah, we've done quite a few things kind of um, pre- trying to not necessarily pre- trying to predict trends, but just doing things that we're interested in. But then we probably didn't have the marketing support behind it to really kind of drive it. Mm-hmm. Um, so we kind of, you know, it was just one thing that we did over the course of many, many, many years. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's an, it is an interesting one. But again, it's just about picking one thing and backing it really. Yeah, definitely. Um, and have there ever been any that you've been like, oh, God, I wish, like maybe in the early days, like I wish we hadn't done that one or any tre- <laughs> or any trends that you were like, oh, no, I'm not getting on board with that. That sounds crap. Neither. <laughs> <laughs> early on I remember going, this will never last. This has got no legs whatsoever. Oh, crap. <laughs> who, who wants to drink this mucky stuff? But, uh very much on board these days, but uh, I, I literally remember seeing them out of the US being like, what the hell is this? But, um, yep, eat, eat those words, that's for sure. Oh, yeah, but I like that we could admit that. That's that's the point. And, you know, yeah. you're, not, you're not saying that. I never said that. What are you talking about? No, <laughs> no, no. We'll have, oh, happily brilliant. admit that the, the, the traditional brewer in me was like, oh, no, we can't. Rude. Surely we can't. But, uh, <laughs> What Here does we are. <laughs> yeah. what does what does the traditional brewer in you think about the hazy craze? Yeah, yeah. You, you into it? You into it? Okay, cool. Oh, look, 
I like uh, I like drinking them now, but uh, yeah, no, it's, uh, it just took me a little while to get to get accustomed to to realize that yeah, no, this really was going to be a whole thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. We held on. We held on quite long, didn't we? I think the sales <laughs> team were asking for them for maybe eighteen months, two years before well, <laughs> before we gave in. <laughs> Oh, but that's, I like that though, because it just means that you're, not only you plan things, what you want to do, but you're also responsive to customers, which I think is really important as well. Yeah, we try to be. We're not always the fastest, uh, that is for sure, but um, we're either ahead or behind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one of the two, one of the two. And yeah. is is that partially being behind, is that partially due to size or is that just because you feel like being awkward? <laughs> what, what, do you, what is it? Just pure uh, stubbornness, really. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it dep- depends on the uh, the situation, I guess. But uh, yeah, often just feeling our way we feel about certain things and, and deciding that we do or don't want to kind of play in those particular spaces, or we do or don't feel like they work for our brand. So. Yeah, that's it. What's next for Two Bears? What's going on in the next couple of years? What's next? Um, so much. <laughs> um, as I said earlier, we've just done a bit of a portfolio shake up. So um, the next six months will be. A bit of a pack transition into the new new look and some pack size changes as well. But we're keeping, obviously, our core beers that uh, have got us to where we are today. So there's not recipe changes coming or anything like that, mainly just packaging and um, a bit of brand work. Mm-hmm. So that will keep myself and the marketing department of uh, myself and one other person pretty busy for the, <laughs> ne- <laughs> for the next um, kind of six to 12 months. And, yeah, I guess in terms of limited releases, we're scaling those back from probably what we were doing, um, mainly due to COVID, um, just, I guess, focusing on one per quarter instead of one every couple of weeks. And, yeah, lots happening in the, down from a production point of view. So um, Joan can talk yeah. about that. Yeah, so we've got lots of new kit coming, actually. So Ooh, tell me of, more. Bit of a... Um, change in some packaging format. So we are going 100% into cans, so machinery coming in to, to go along with that, so canning lines and all of the bits and pieces around that and then potentially some other kit, which we're still working out. So, yeah, the site's getting a, a huge upgrade, which is really exciting. So soon we'll have all the flashy toys to play with, which is um, – I guess something we've always wanted. So yeah, lot, lot, lots happening here, and um, yeah, we we get the opportunity to actually brew a lot of the fixation products as well. Oh, cool. um, so this site is kind of becoming a, a combination of both two birds and, and fixation. So um, you know, great story from from that in terms of the fact that those these will be you know brewed brewed in in Melbourne. So yeah, it's good. Beautiful. And are you going for, is it like a capacity upgrade, like you can basically brew more beer there? Uh, capacity is not an issue. It's, no? it's more capability at the moment. So ah, okay. giving us uh, different different types of things that we need in order to be able to get the job done. Yeah, that's cool. Does that mean you're going to have Tom Delmont around all the time? You're going to be oh, hanging oh, around? Already do. <laughs> oh, bloody hell. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Oh, that that's- sounds great. That's been one of the nice things for us, though, is that, um, you know, having the fixation two birds and being part of that same family, being able to actually have sort of two sites um, and, you know, the connections that we can kind of make from that. And Tommy and I used to work together at Mountain Goat, so we've known each other for 
for his 12 years or something like that. So it's, uh, it's cool to be back working with him again. That's cool. And what kind of like connections and links do you have with all the other Fermentum group? Do you talk to them a lot or do you, is it just fixation because they're down there or how does it work? Yeah, from my side, I definitely do. So yeah, I deal a lot with, with um, the Mwilamba Brewery um, and quite a lot with Byron as well. So yeah, for me, I have a lot of contact with, with the different sites personally. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah I'm think, never sure um, how it works. <laughs> Oh, I think I've never been in so many meetings in my, well, you know, in the last decade, I haven't been in so many meetings as I have in the last six months. So, um, it's a, it's a, it's a step back, not a step back, a step into, a step back into sort of corporate life, not corporate life. Um, um, cause it's a, obviously a very casual, um, culture that the Fermentum have got, which is really amazing. But yeah, just from, a um, you know, operational point of view, obviously all of the uh, things like invoicing, administration, finance, that all happens um, centralised now. So yeah. from a um, support, support from a services side, yeah, there's a lot of um, parts of the Two Birds business that got um, adopted into all of the, proce- the fermenting processes. So there was a lot of transition um, from our kind of software and packages that were used um, into into the fermenting way. So um from that side of things, it's 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 amazing to have um, the support of that side of it, and not just have to do you know everything ourselves yeah, anymore. So that's really good. Yeah, yeah, because it'll be a big job for the, those six months, maybe a year, and then hopefully it'll be a little bit more. Fingers crossed, plane sailing. I don't know. I don't know what the trend. <laughs> Who knows these days? Um, and in terms of bra- yeah, exactly. In terms of branding, then Danielle, um, do you yeah. do you have to report to them? Tell tell them what you're up to. How does it work? Um, I don't think the word report to, yeah, is, is really a thing. Oh, it's more, um, it's just having that support to really oh. bounce the ideas off. Like for me, um, you know, going through a bit of the brand refresh stuff, um, I just get in Jamie's or Ross's ear and, you know, sh- show them what I'm thinking and they, uh, so far they've said, yeah, awesome, great, go for it. <laughs> I bet they're like, Let's, we best not say no to Danny. <laughs> It's not going to end well for it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so far, no, it's just having that, um, that, that second set of eyes, I suppose, across things and the support to, you know, a lot of the time it was just Jane and I, you don't really know if, if what we're doing was right or wrong, but we did it anyway. But um, yeah, most of the time you just go with your gut and I guess that's still what we're doing, but now we've got a couple of, uh, you know, of people to, to give us a bit more guidance and support. So I, I guess I see it as um, the brand um, being able to see its true potential, uh, having, having more people involved and more people to, to support it to, to really ensure that um, it gets the, the airtime that it deserves. Mm-hmm. Well, then, you've, you've been through it all now practically. You're part of a group. You've done it on, on your own. What would you tell a new brewery that's start, just starting up now, just thinking of starting up, just thinking about opening a brew pub or something like that? Would you tell them to do it or not do it? <laughs> <laughs> all depends what your aspirations are, I reckon. It's, uh, it all depends where you're trying to take it and what you want to do with it. So, yeah, yeah. you know, I, I think keeping it small and keeping it local, you know, if I would have to, to suggest anything, I think that's the best way to do it. So p- picking an area, focusing on hospitality, um, you know, staying out of, uh, you know, 
trying to keep us selling as much of your own beer over your own taps as possible would be my suggestion. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because, I mean, that's a question I get asked all the time. Like, Claire, do you think the market's too saturated? How can we possibly have any more? And I'm like, mm, I think there's a bit of wiggle room there um, in certain areas, in certain, you know, geographical locations um, with certain models. Um, I don't know about you guys, but that, that's how I felt. Yeah, I sat um, on a panel at the WA Brewers Conference last week and that was, I guess, one of the exact questions and I, I guess my response to that is whatever you decide to do and whatever your um, brand, you know, is about and whatever makes you unique, make sure you like you feel it within inside of you and you live and breathe um, those values through, you know, through everything. So don't try to be know everything to everyone it's just really about you know if you're about sourcing local ingredients that 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 needs to be echoed through not just the beers but you know your tasting room your merchandise your marketing your everything you're doing it needs to scream you know what you're about so I think there is a lot of a lot of room for people but as long as they're authentic and they've got a really kind of I guess they just really believe in what they're doing. And it's an interesting that you make the point about being really consistent with your brand because obviously Two Birds have been fantastic with that. Um, and one aspect of that brand um, was being female-owned, female-owned brewery, um, which is obviously bloody brilliant. But since then, we haven't seen that many more. Lots of women that I'm aware of that basically run the place, let it tick over, they're the ones that push and everything in the background, or they're like, in it with their partner or something like that, but not necessarily just women doing it themselves. Um, why do you think that is? Good question. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say this is super hard. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's just people's interest and in what they're passionate about. So, um, yeah, maybe there's lots of uh, ladies that uh, definitely enjoy drinking beer, but it's just not something that they want to go and you know, spend their life doing. Yeah, yeah, could be. And is that because we haven't got the kind of popularity in the beer industry with women? Or do you think people perceive it as a very male-dominated industry and they're like, well, I like beer, but not enough to put it with that? Or what is there anything like that? What do we think? I think it maybe just doesn't tick over into that, you know, the the passion to continue to, to really sort of put your whole heart and soul into it maybe. I don't believe that there are enough perceptions to kind of stop people from from doing it personally um but that yeah potentially it's just not the the motivation not the right word but um yeah that that burn and that the desire, desire the desire yeah 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 like i think jane and i are pretty it's a unique um situation obviously jane was was the brewer and um you know, was passionate about beer and I really enjoyed beer and, you know, always drunk it. But for me, it was the, the um, I guess, the entrepreneurial side and the business side that was really attractive for me. So, you know, I didn't grow up thinking I wanted to start a brewery, but, you know, Jane was my inspiration to want to team up with her to, to launch a brewery. So, you know, maybe women are just smart and they realise they can't do it all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and all the blokes just muddle through and hope hope it works out. Yeah. And women are like, probably not a good idea realistically. <laughs> we, we, maybe we think women are slightly more realistic in, in terms of that. Um, but t- talking about um, culture in the industry, we obviously saw a couple of weeks ago when the US sexism thing happened, um, Brienne Allen posting loads of stories of sexism in the industry. Um, 
What's your perception of the Australian industry in terms of its inclusivity and diversity? Is that something you ever think about or have you ever needed to think about that? Yeah, look, I mean, that whole the, the situation and the kind of revelations coming out of the US really kind of struck a pretty intense chord with me personally um, from an emotional standpoint. Um, and, yeah, look, I, I do believe that there are, we absolutely have issues here um, as much as we, you know, I personally have always said, I've never had any problems kind of, you know, being the, the first female-owned brewery. But I became aware through a lot of these conversations about things that had happened that I realised weren't okay only looking back on them. Um, so I do think there is work that we have to do in the Australian industry um, and, you know, understanding what that is and, and how we tackle it is, is a challenge. But, um, yeah, I, do, I, I think there's absolutely work to be done. I think it's... It's just a reflection of society and I think there's there's work to be done in society for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. And I don't know if you guys do anything within Two Birds. Like, do you have any programs going on or whatever? I know there's been so many changes that, you know, there might not be anything happening right now. But how do you keep it inclusive? It, I get, does it help that there are women at the top? Yeah, very much so. I think I feel like we're inclusive by, by not by default, but, but because that's exactly what we do and what we're interested in. So... Um, you know, I think it's something that we pursue in terms of diversity and inclusion. They're two things at the absolute heart of our business um, and two of our values as well. And I think having prominent women in positions like that and founders and brewers and all that kind of stuff, that in itself is so important in when people look into the industry from outside you know, perceptions of the industry are that it is full of men. And then to have prominent women is always really helpful. But there, like you guys will know, like being part of Pink Boots, being in the industry so long, there are these women in the industry. Why do you think they're not as prominent? Is it? Is it? Do you think that's a personal choice? I know we shouldn't really speak for other people, but what do you think? Yeah, I think, I think like leading by example, and I guess which is what we've always tried to do. And I guess I've never thought about it as earning my place or needing to shout shout louder because I'm a woman. Um, I think if I've always approached it and thought about it, that I have, a, I have a place and I have a right. And so I've gone in with confidence and, you know, and, he, and here we are. So I haven't let gender kind of, I've never seen that as a barrier to, to stop me from doing anything. So it's mainly just about being that confident person in the room and knowing that um, I have a right to be there because, you know, I've got the, the experience or I've got the awareness and I've got definitely got the passion and determination. So um, it's just about backing yourself and um, making yourself heard. And if you're not, then go louder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because I know we always talk about, like, um, uh, the imposter syndrome that, you know, women and, and other people, lots of other groups of people don't feel that they deserve to be in a position that they're in or you know that they won't be taken seriously in a position they're in when they're in a room full of people that all look pretty similar but obviously that hasn't really faced has that ever faced in fact has that ever phased you no for me no I mean I spent 10 10 years in in um you know working in pretty strong male-dominated um industries I worked in five years of marketing in the independent um independent liquor game so for Metcash and that's 
um, very male dominated. And, you know, I found myself at the, the top of the um, boardrooms in that business. And I guess it's just because, you know, I had a voice and I said what I believed in and, you know, it didn't, it, you know, it was valued. So, yeah, it's just, again, it comes back to, to backing yourself and, and getting involved and putting yourself forward. Yeah, definitely. Is it, you concur, Jane? Uh, yeah, look, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, as well, I guess I was in the industry when there was only one other female brewer in the, in the whole place. So yeah, there's, there's definitely, you know, some narratives around finding your place and, and yeah, I mean, I remember being at beer awards and being the only, you know, one of two females was actually employed in the industry. All the other females were there were partners of people who were owning breweries or, or, or working there. And, and yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a different place to be. It's an odd place to be. Um, and I think, you know, you can't, to a certain extent, you can't be what you can't see. So I think, again, having, you know, us with the visibility now is is important. I think there are certain people who do want to kind of be more front and centre and, and people who are happier to be kind of in the back of things as well. So mm-hmm. um, essentially females aren't aren't being as, as well known then it might might well be a personal choice yeah yeah interesting and but I mean when you go to awards and stuff now I don't know about you guys I've only been to <laughs> before everything went Pete Tong um when I went to the Indies and that seemed a pretty good mix um has, have you noticed that has that changed for you oh very much so yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah that's it when, there's a line for the bathrooms now, which isn't fun, but... I know, it's kind of annoying. No, <laughs> yeah, come on, guys, let's sort it out. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay, yeah. cool. Um, lovely, right. And, I mean, I don't know, did, is there anything that... What else on that front? Do you have any... I mean, I mean, you must get asked about it all the time, You like being such prominent women in the industry. What what kind of questions do people ask you? Are you, are you always being asked about this? Yes. It's a very common question. question. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What's it like being a, male, being a female in a male-dominated industry? I think is the uh, the standard starting point for uh, oh, yeah. pretty much every single interview I've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, yeah, it's like you're, you're at the zoo and everyone's like, ooh, that's different. How exotic. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but, yeah, I imagine that can get a little bit tiring after a while. But... It's cool that you guys are so patient about stuff like that and keen to... Because everyone's just interested. I really believe yeah, that. I think everyone's just course. interested, aren't they? They just want to know, yeah. like, do you find it weird that everyone around you has a beard? I mean, <laughs> if I wanted, I could grow a beard. <laughs> if I had to think really hard about it, maybe I could. I'd really fit in then. Um, fantastic. So what else, what do you think is an industry we can do to be more appealing to women, to people of colour to LGBTQI plus? Like, is there anything we can do um, as an industry or as individual businesses um, that you've seen that you like or that you've implemented yourselves? I think we're pro- I mean, it's up to each individual brewery to really, if that's something that's important to them to, you know, draw a light to it or, or raise awareness. And I think we we try to do that a lot. Um and we have done that with, you know, different beers and with packaging and with artists that we use and um, festivals that we support and sponsor um, and try and get behind and, you know, share on our social media and our databases and things like that. So we definitely try to do that in our, you know, in our own community. And, um, yeah, I think definitely if it's in, if it's 
important to others, then um, they should be doing it as well. And I think most breweries really do, to be honest, because um, I think it is, I mean, most of the, the breweries that um, that I know and that we sort of circulate with and, you know, chat chat with and, and whatnot and keep in touch with, it is, um, uh, it's pretty important to, to people that I, that I know, definitely. Mm-hmm. And do you think there's any sort of push from the consumer to be like that as well, to not only be in that quite cool space but to also be socially aware and environmentally aware and all that kind of stuff as well do you think consumers care about it now yeah the consumer is so much more aware and and so much more engaged that yes absolutely that stuff is so important and genuinity behind it as well so actually walking the talk and and not you know pink washing or rainbow washing or or whatever else it's like Mm -hmm. you actually have to believe in the things that you're doing and be able to actually follow through and and demonstrate that stuff as well which I think is you know part of what the the brewing industry needs to do is that it needs to actually be able to demonstrate support for minorities and and you know I think that's the way we're kind of going to get through you know trying to kind of even up all of the gaps that that exist and to make sure that uh, people of all minorities feel feel supported and feel welcome. On that point there's some great like research and stats and stuff out there about the financial performance of businesses. So we've got the FTSE 200. That's like the, I think it's the 200 best companies or that were listed um, in the UK. And they found that um, the companies with women on their boards, so like actual directors and things like that, um, they financially did much better than their counterparts that just had men in it. Do you think that's um, applicable to the brewing industry as well? Wow, that's a big comparison. Swell, <laughs> 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 sweeping statement. Yes, businesses with women at the top do financially much better. <laughs> hey, it's a, it was a funny one, and people love to mention it. And I'm just like, is that true? I mean, they they worked it out based on you know the profits, EBITDA, and um, income of companies over like five years, and they actually did find it. And I was like, whoa, okay. Um, I think what they're really talking about is having diverse people in the business um (laughs) does that that must help that must help somehow yeah I think that um probably comes down to yeah different personalities different levels of experience different backgrounds different values all coming together are obviously going to roll up and make um, a much better business for it if um I think even on a small scale if you if I think about two birds and when it was just you know Jane and I wearing them wearing the many many hats as we like to um fondly or not so fondly recall you know as soon as we bought in um different experience you know we had an actual financial controller and we had um you know people that could do you know software development and things like that it does you know, make the business sort of flourish and become more well-rounded, definitely. And you kind of uh, find those pockets of, um, you know, cost leakage and things like that. So, yes, I think having having the different um, backgrounds and personalities definitely helps. That's cool. Um, and now you're even part of a much wider, with way more personalities and different types of people in it, which <laughs> must be fun as well. Um, so that would be cool. Um, now... I guess we're coming towards the end. Um, is there anything that you were super proud of that you want to talk about? What throughout your career are you most happy with um, so far um, and, and why? It's always the beer. It's always the beer. Um, I'm so proud of the products that we've put out 
products that we've put out over the years and, and you know, everything that we've done in that space and, and the quality um, and, you know, Danny kind of talks about, you know, talking about, uh, you know, finding your place and all that kind of stuff and, and there was a lot of talk when we came out about being a gimmick and, and being able to kind of put out really great beers and then being able to get accolades for them and awards um, was just sort of a, a, a big, huge tick for me where I was like, yep, I've earned my place here. Um, you know, I can prove that we make amazing beer. Um, and, yeah, that for me, it's just just every litre of liquid that's gone out of this place is, uh, it makes, makes me incredibly proud. Yeah, I guess I echo that, you know, the moments where we, you know, all got to stand up on stage and get, um, you know, champion trophy awards. Um, it's just such great fun to really bring the team together and obviously a really good excuse to party long and hard that night as well. <laughs> um, so they've been, yeah, amazing um, times to remember. Um, and I guess, I don't know, I've just done a lot of reflection and I think, growing a business um, and, you know, staying relevant and staying viable and, you know, to get to the 10-year mark I think is just a big, huge milestone. So, um, yeah, I'm pretty proud of that and I guess just just being able to, you know, everyone says, oh, you know, oh, I heard you sold the business, oh, what are you doing now? Just, you know, nothing, I guess. I'm like, no, I'm still working <laughs> for the business. <laughs> Well, I'm like, I'm still doing the same thing. I said, I'm still so passionate about um, what we do and why we do it and, um, you know, inspiring, you know, other women to, to whether it's in beer or any other businesses. Like I'm just still on that path and on that journey to, I guess, share, share our story. And, you know, it has changed over the years and, you know, we're, we're in our 40s now. So uh, I think we're more kind of calm and relaxed and, um, and into who we are as, as people. So, yeah, I'm just really kind of proud of being able to look back and say oh, we built a business, um, we built an amazing brand. Sure, we, we've you know joined another family. It's part of a bigger business now. But, um, yeah, I'm just really proud to still be part of that and um, keep working with it. Amazing. And would you ever, in a, like a few years maybe, kick back and leave and sit on a beach for a bit? It doesn't really seem like you two from the the little that I know of you, um, but would you ever do it? <laughs> uh, who knows? Uh, who knows what happens? Knows? Jane's like, that month holiday was too good. we we'll have to <laughs> do it for a bit longer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, who knows? Never say never. Um, yeah, but um, we're happy now so, and that's what counts. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Jane, do you want to finish by telling me a little bit about um, New Heights? Because it looks awesome. I've got I've got oh. my tin. I've got it. I've got mine. So that'll yeah. be my Friday knockoff bit. <laughs> this was a good one. This is a, a, a real team team effort on sort of you know brainstorming what we were actually going to do for the tenth birthday. We wanted to do something that was going to really tick the uh, you know the beer engaged consumer. Mm-hmm. So um, we ended up deciding on a Decca hopped IPA. So for that we meant ten different forms of hops. So you know, hops these days are coming in, all of the different, you know, the cryo hops, the the essences, the, um, you know, tetra hop, all that kind of stuff. So 10 different forms of hops and actually gave this to one of the guys, um, Matt, who's one of our brewers, to, to come up with the recipe. So he went, did all, went away and did all the, the research and, and came up with the plan. Um, and then working with Holly, who is marketing for us uh, on that amazing label. Oh, with it's a local, a yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, 
with a local artist. Um, so, yeah, that came up beautifully. Uh, and then obviously everyone else helping with sort of actually executing the, the, the product. But, um, yeah, really, really happy with the way it came out and, and you know, the the thinking about 10 different forms of hops, the, the big concern is that it's just one big mess of, uh, you know, fruit fruit or hop flavours. <laughs> and uh, I think we did a really great job of, of getting it all to really come together and, and it's such a pleasant, interesting drinking experience and, uh, you know, one that, that, yeah, looks great outside and tastes great inside. Excellent. Not one you're going to do again, though, I imagine, um, with that amount of hops required. <laughs> Financially, I think Danielle might be like, mm, no. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Maybe never. Yeah. yeah. That's, you know, that was how Taco was a one-off beer and then we're still here today selling that beer. So you never know. <laughs> Excellent. Does that mean you're going to do it 20 years? Like a, what even would it be? Mm, what's... I have no idea. Dodeca. <laughs> Dodecker? Yeah. Double decker. Double decker. Double decker. There we go. Okay, there we go. We, we planned it. It's happening. Speak to you and in 10 years. we're party on the double decker bus. Yes. yes. Oh, my God. Here we go. It's happening already. Excellent. Oh, good. Okay, well, I'll talk to you in 10 years and remind you of that. Um. Awesome. You, 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 can, you can drive the bus. Oh, yeah. my God. You would not trust me, especially after a dodecker two birds situation it wouldn't go well for me <laughs> oh brilliant and are you guys doing anything else for your 10 year anniversary hmm well uh, lockdown hasn't hasn't mm. helped things in melbourne so yeah. we've put the put the party on pause uh at the moment in melbourne um and we'll we'll look to do something but when we've got a bit of clear air and confidence that um we can you know get have capacity and um get people get people along so it might be you know a 10 year a 10th birthday slash Christmas party or something like that. <laughs> Just drag it out all year. The whole year is the 10-year anniversary. Just do like a series <laughs> of them every month. <laughs> I clearly just want an invite to many parties that's why um, <laughs> brilliant okay fantastic thank you so much guys uh for coming on for having a chat thanks thanks for the chat no worries um and yeah bloody happy birthday congrats guys it's pretty <laughs> bloody impressive um and I just it's, it's a testament to the industry and you guys and just how well two birds is done um and how prominent you guys are in the industry and you know it means a lot to everyone uh so i know everyone uh will be congratulating you for 10 years so thank you so much guys thank you nice one thanks cheers don't forget if you like what we do at radio brews news you can help us out in a number of ways you can sponsor the show either by a small monthly contribution or through a one-off donation you can find details in the show notes You can review our podcast on iTunes or your favourite podcasting service. Let us know what you think and help others discover the show. Finally, you can tell us directly what you think by sending an email to producer at brewsnews.com.au. All letters received will receive a Brews News bottle opener. We love hearing your thoughts on the stories we cover because beer is a conversation.